Hello, hello. Here we are again coming to you from Broadcast Team Alpha on 44 different platforms around the world. And we're going to have some really interesting discussion here, historical, and some of it revision history. So uh, just stay with us. This one's going to get good. Uh, first, I also want to say that uh, if you want to get in touch with uh, myself and Nori here on the uh, Broadcast Team Alpha and the um, Paranormal Show under the umbrella of Broadcast Team Alpha, just go to broadcastteamalpha.com and send us a message and we'll get back to you. And we are also transmitting on, we are also transmitting on the con uh, Conscious Awakening Network. And folks, you got to go over there and have a look because they have a lot of shows, probably close to 50 by now. And these shows are on all the subjects that we want to know about. So go to the consciousawakeningnetwork.org and have a look. And tonight and today, this afternoon, this morning, wherever you are around the world, Stay with us for the next uh, hour, because this is going to be something, the discussion may even change your life, because there are some facts in here that affects the people, the higher conscious thinking people out there. Because I have Barry Strom with us. He is uh, he's an author. He's also a um, um, show host. He's on YouTube and many different places. And we are going to talk about the Shroud of Turin. There is much controversy around that thing, but it's coming together now. There is coming some substance out of the confusion. And a lot of the confusion comes from religion. And uh, here, welcome to the show, Barry. Oh, thank you for having me back. I'm, I was looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah. This the Shroud of Turin has been around a long time. Uh, I seem to remember it was discovered about 1350 or 54 or something like that. And it was stuck in a wall somewhere. There was in, a, in an enclosure, but we don't, they didn't at that time at least know where it came from. And you have researched this and you also have a source for information that very few other people have. And we really want to hear about this. Well, the, the Shroud of Turin is the one object that God left behind to show as proof of the resurrection. There's no other object, fabric, but when, when he was crucified and they took him into the, the tomb, they laid him on this cloth. And I never fully realized just what, how the cloth was, how the things worked in those days. But what they would do is they would lay the cloth down on the tomb. And then they would take the body and they would lay it on the cloth. And it was one long piece of linen and they would take it and they would wrap the cloth over the head and down to the feet. So actually you just had this one long piece of linen that was was used to cover the body. And, you know, according to the Gospels, the Romans put the stone over the, over the entrance to the tomb. Tomb was owned by Joseph of Arimathea. And when the women came to cleanse the body, the tomb was open and everybody thought that someone had stolen the body of, of Jesus. But the only thing that remained was this linen cloth. Now, I don't know who took the cloth, what they did with it, but my guess is one of the women, and it was 
Mother Mary, Mary Magdalene, a couple others that were in the group that went to the tomb. My guess is that one of the two Marys probably took the, the cloth because they would have thought that this was the last object of memory that they yeah. would have of Jesus. But I'm sure they took it back to the rest of the, uh, of the disciples. But that cloth, the image on it, was that of the body of the deceased Jesus. And, I mean, for thousands of years, people have guarded the cloth, hid it. And then in the 14th century, it becomes public knowledge. And the church takes it and uh, they make this cloth the shrine. And it was the, the only object that God, I mean, the... It's amazing that God actually leaves us an object of proof. Now, it took thousands of years to prove that it was a piece of proof. But modern technologies, uh, scientific methods exist today where they can physically date it. And, I mean, I had seen dating tests that, Everybody thought this thing was fake. And in the beginning, I, I thought it was fake as well. I mean, how could something like this ever take place? That you would have an image transferred to linen. It's, I mean, I could never comprehend it. I knew that it was proven that there was no way that it was painted on. Um, technologies of the time certainly didn't allow any transfer technique from his body. I mean, you could have some blood stains and so forth, but that would be about the extent of, of what you would see on the ordinary piece, piece of burial cloth. But you would never, ever see an image like this. Uh, it appears that through the years, there were repairs done to it on the edges of the cloth. And I think that's where the original dating was taken, where they tried to originally date this thing. Uh, I had read earlier that it was dated these earlier tests showed it to be about a, a thousand a.d and that apparently that's when they repaired it and unknowingly that's where they took the sample for 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 dating but recently they allowed in-depth testing scientific testing of the shroud i i think they gave them like the scientists like two weeks to do non-destructive testing. And it's amazing what they come up with at this point. Because now they take it and the, the modern testing from the center corresponds to the time of the crucifixion. Jesus was probably crucified in 30 AD, 3031. And the test, the modern testing techniques show that it is within that period of time, very close to, to the, you know, third decade since they decided to keep track. <laughs> and, yeah. but the, now they have dating of this thing. Then they go ahead and when they look closely at it, they could see the details of, of what the image is on them. They can see the, the portion where the back of the body is laid on the cloth. They have blood stains there. They have blood stains in the ankle area on the hand where the hands cross. On the lower chest, you know, everyone says that at the, after he passes, one of the soldiers takes his spear and makes sure that he's dead by pushing the spear in through below the rib cage. And there's actually, you can actually see blood stains in that area. And they come in and they, they, they I mean, they find pollen stains. If you look closely at his head, they think that you can actually see the thorns that were placed on it, on the image of the cloth. 
in that area they find pollen and the pollen indicates that it's april and spring of the year when this takes place so i mean the details now that are coming out about this are 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 absolutely amazing one of the scientists a physicist that was allowed to look at the at the uh linen when he was doing this close investigation his name's andrew silverman and he he was not a believer when he does his test so here's a guy that's you know is to be convinced and uh, he winds up writing a book called a burst of conscious light and if anybody out there has any interest in the shroud they need to get this book on Amazon and read it because he actually goes in, he, he analyzes the image and what it takes to make this image. And it's, it's an infrared image. It can only be done by the transference of incredibly high amounts of energy. And he, he actually computes I got to look, I got to read this because it's a, such a big number, mm -hmm. but he actually computes the energy that it takes to transfer this image onto the surface of the linen. And he figures that it would, re would require 34,000 billion watt laser source to transfer this image the way it was transferred. We don't have the capability of doing anything close to this today. Yeah. So what actually must have happened at the resurrection is the body of Jesus had to be changed into light. And that type of energy is what was required to do it. Because when Jesus appears to Mary Magdalene, who was the first appearance after the resurrection, he says to her, do not touch me where I am light because he still had not made the transference back from light to solid body form at that point. So even what he says to Mary Magdalene, and we have, I mean, we've channeled Mary Magdalene many times and that, that is what he said to her. And she did not touch the body or Jesus in his first appearance. But after the first appearance, when he when he goes to Thomas, he's now in full body because he allows Thomas to touch the wounds. So you see this actual transition as it takes place after he has this incredible amount of energy that only God can have, transfers into light, and then slowly comes back to his different appearances so it's i mean it's a phenomenal story but now that you can tie this thing together scientifically anybody that wants to open their mind and think about it they can now understand what truly took place but it, in my mind it's so amazing that god made this cloth knowing that two thousand years in a from the time this event takes place, there will be technologies that can actually prove beyond any doubt the fact that Jesus died, was crucified, and resurrected from the dead. So, I mean, it's just, I never understood all this until I started really getting involved and mm -hmm. was able to talk to, this. I've been able to talk to all the spirits that, that observed all this stuff so it sounds a different light on it but this this recent scientific work is just beyond the pale yes and uh now um i guess the the turin as far as i know is uh, still in turin because they built a chapel basically designed the chapel to just house the shroud Mm -hmm. And that is a, a very religious uh, symbol. And I would probably go as far as also calling it a spiritual symbol. Mm 
because the, those two will overlap very, very uh, nicely in this instant. And uh, the fact that a body that is turned into light can deposit an image on uh, a cloth, I have no problem with that because I think there's some science behind that it can happen that way. And that's what I guess that scientist uh, talks about in his book. Yeah, no, he proves it can happen and did. Mm -hmm. and then, but even goes to the extent to figure out how much energy would be required to pull this thing yeah. off. Mm -hmm. And it's, uh, it's phenomenal. I mean, I mean, in the book, he states that the burst of light with that much energy would instantaneously had be very close to the light of the sun so it's something that's i mean it's i can't comprehend it with my feeble mind but i know yeah. there's people out there that can but it's uh it's it's just an amazing fact but the importance of the shroud is just exponentially increased yeah for christians because now you have absolute proof of it yeah and then we have the naysayers well you always will yeah they're they're, they're always going to be there and uh, in some in a lot of cases they do some good things because they make us think that's true. when someone to tell nah it's not that way okay what did he see that i don't see it makes us think and go deeper into our research if we do it right and we find more truth. Once in a while, we find out that the naysayer was right. But in this case, uh, I don't know, there's something on that shroud that cannot be explained away. Well, the answer is obvious. Yeah. Take the take the doubter and say, go do it. Duplicate it for me. Yeah. And there's no way, because even today, today, we don't have the technologies to do it. So in this case, uh, there's a modern term. I, I don't know if they used it back then, but he ascended. And in that ascension, something happened that Newtonian physics cannot explain. But there is some science behind that, too. And uh, the, uh, the ascension process was established and proven because in uh, about 30 years ago the catholic church heard the rumors that there were people over in india and tibet that they ascended so they sent a catholic priest over there to verify this and his name was father tiso nori and i interviewed him about three years ago on the broadcast team alpha and he said he went there it took him almost a year to find the right place where these things actually happen. But he said he saw it. And he has pictures on his website of bodies that is almost entirely disappeared. And he also said that in some cases, they just turned into a ball of light and disappeared. Now, when he came back and told the Catholic Church about that, you know, knowing what the Catholic Church is, they didn't talk much about that. <laughs> you bet on that. Yeah, <laughs> because there's only one guy that have done that. So, but this is something that is done. But these are very spiritual people that understands the universe. They understand the environment. They understand who they are. And they are ascending and it has been proven you can uh, go to his website which you can find by going to broadcast team alpha on uh, youtube and then you can scroll down until you find father tiso and watch the show you you're going to see some interesting things there but what what i would say there's always going to be naysayers and atheists that say that eh, it can't be right because <laughs> he never existed right well, yeah. there's a problem there, too, because there's enough written about this Yahashua Bethalachme, which was Jesus's Hebrew name in the surviving Roman records. Uh, Pliny the Elder talk about him. And there is evidence that this guy existed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
No, it's when when you take a close look at the shroud itself, the images are it it, it lines up very nicely with yes. with what they all tell us. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, you are a channel. Yes. And you are channeling Joshua. Yes. Tell us about that. What has he said anything about the shroud or tell us about this? Well, uh, <laughs> why don't we do it like this? Why don't we let him tell you? Hey, I'm all ears. <laughs> Augie, I would like to thank you for doing this show. I have watched your work and I know that you are not only a true believer, but a light worker that carries the news to others. Yes, there was a linen shroud that was placed under and over me when they put me in the tomb. I knew there would be a time that individuals would require proof. I knew the future of humans was going to be such that there would be a moment that individuals would be able to understand the true miracle of my resurrection. You see, it took thousands of years for individuals to advance to the point that they could understand just how powerful and potent my energies really are. None could understand and comprehend this through, the, through earlier times. I brought together some of the best scientists to study the linen that covered my body. Because it is now very important that humans understand just exactly what took place. There are many that doubt that I ever truly existed, but now you know and have proof there will still be many that will not listen, but there will be those that do now. I did what no one else could do. The manner in which I converted myself to light and returned from that image of light so that others could see and understand and record what actually took place. So yes, there is no doubt. The shroud is what covered my body in death. Today it is proof of my resurrection. So you see, as your technologies improve and increase, they can truly be used for good. So I thank you very much for all of your work and for what you've done. And I thought it would be quite appropriate that I brought a few words to you. So thank you, Augie, for all that you do. And thank you for working with Barry. So goodbye. I hope that this small surprise will help lead you on in your work. You're so welcome. Thank you. Well, there was a surprise for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess he's still around. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is that. We talk to him every Wednesday on our on our podcast, a weekly message. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, speaking of that, let us know where people can go and listen to that podcast. Uh, the easiest is just to, I, I've started doing it on, on YouTube live now. So the easiest is just to go onto YouTube and listen to it there.
it's it's on our facebook groups but you know facebook but the easiest way is uh, we do it at 9 9 a.m on wednesdays mountain time and it lasts he brings us up about a 20 minute message every week and uh we've been doing it now we've about 160 of them up on on our youtube site and so the messages are incredible and if if you if you really focus you'll feel the energies the energies are very real when he does it okay good yeah so to go to youtube and put your name in there and then we'll bring them yeah. up yeah okay. Barry Stone, S-T-R-O-H-M. that's good but that's probably the easiest way to, to do it i uh, this is a rumor but i kind of wanted to say it anyway and that is that there is a rumor that's floating around in europe and i remember decades ago i heard this there were people that had worked with the shroud they had an illness but when they touched it the illness went away have you heard anything like that i i had heard that i can't prove it yeah like but i can tell you having had a healing miracle done to me when i had a heart attack yeah that it's can be instantaneous I mean, and if any object would ever have the energy of God within it, it would be that shroud. So mm -hmm. I have absolutely no trouble believing that. Yeah, this this, this was just rumors, and uh, we got to say that. But uh, uh, there's kind of a likelihood, I would think, that there could be some residual effects embedded in the atomic structure of the shroud or the things on the shroud that could would someone interact with it through mine it may possibly be released so that he could have or she could have a healing effect from it oh absolutely absolutely no when i when i had that heart attack i was waiting to go into surgery and i saw this angel I had my eyes closed and I saw this angel come up and stop right in front of my face. And then I went into surgery and they couldn't find any heart damage. And they had shown it to me on the monitors before we lined, before they tried to rush me into this surgery. Doctors were astounding, but when that angel was there, that was the sign that wow, you might as well not take him in. He's all right now. So well, they spent over two hours trying to prove it, but but well, I, I it was a healthy heart. It wasn't your time, was it? No, no, no. When he when he wants me, he knows how to find me. Yeah, I, I am sure of that. But uh, well, you're not done yet. Uh, no, I mean I do little things like this. Uh, little yeah, where he wants to talk to somebody. Yeah, and I would say. The message that you give and you transmit and you tell people it makes their life better and gives them hope and it helps people in many different ways so don't oh. quit <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna try to keep it up but uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah it is it is it it can be very discouraging because you can you know, people just simply don't want to believe they think they're immortal and their time of uh, mortality comes and then they wish they had believed because I mean if you listen to we channel with I mean we've been doing this now for 10 years so we've I'm not even sure how many spirits we've talked to but I mean a thousand hours wouldn't cover it at this point but when you look at at how what takes place when some of these very intelligent people die. I mean, Steve Jobs, his last words yeah. were, oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow, as he sees heaven open before his eyes. Yeah. Uh, Einstein, when he dies, he he utters words in, in German, 
and nobody and nobody was there that could translate or even repeat the words so we asked him what his words meant the other day mm. and he says this cannot be happening like this because he didn't believe yeah because he had proven in his own mind that god could not exist under his own under his rules but guess what <laughs> mm -hmm. he can change god can change those rules whenever he wants to change them well, I tell you, though, towards his end of life with the, you know, Albert Einstein, I think he saw, <laughs> I'm using the term loosely, I think he saw the light because he made a statement one time. And uh, I think I can actually um, recite this. He said, I have studied the universe more than most. And I have found that the whole universe is made from the vibration of love. He did make that statement. And that was uh, less than a year before he died. Uh -huh. So he was coming around to the fact that there is something here that we don't understand that um, he was open to it. Yes. Yeah, sadly, these guys that, uh, I mean, Stephen Hawking, he didn't he didn't come around until the final moments either yeah but uh but they, they seem to come around don't they they have no choice <laughs> when those eyes close for the last time <laughs> what yeah. you see is not what you what the image that you now have is not the one that you had when you closed your eyes it, yeah. was, it all changes mm-hmm when you are channeling these people that has already walked across the, the through the door into another reality like this, do they say anything about what people can expect once they close their eyes the last time? Yes, but it's different for everyone. Yeah. Basically, the the basics are you will probably see you will have an angel there to help you you'll have fan you'll see your your deceased family members uh, many of them do see this tunnel way with light in front of it but there's always light light is always the key yeah. because that is the end of the darkness you see the light of god in front of you one way or another many of them tell you that they will try to make the image what that person is expecting because the time of passing can be very difficult for an individual especially one that doesn't believe yeah but they'll still try to make them as comfortable as they can uh, we've done a lot of channelings with the archangel azrael and his role is actually to help people at time of passing um people maybe if they're in comas or something they'll help actually get in communication with the souls before passing uh, but they're the spirits on the other side want to make that time the greatest day of your life humans think of death as as the worst day of your life but it's not because it is day one of a new life cycle hmm they take you over to heaven they your guides will be there they'll tell you what you did right what you did wrong uh if you lead a good life then you can maybe advance in the realms if you led a good life they'll tell you that you've created a good karma for the next lifetime and the next life will be better for you if you create a bad karma and one of the worst karmas is the people that make great wealth and don't use it to help others because their life plans included blessings that help them make that wealth because the whole intent of you having this great wealth is to help others with it. And that is your test. If you use your free will not to help others with that money, then the next time you've now you've created a a karma for your future lives 
where you come back in poverty. Yeah, you're going to be like Job. <laughs> yeah, now you're on the other side and you understand what it's like to need yeah. help and not get it. So yeah. it's it's all the yin and the yang, the good karma and the bad karma. Yeah. But everything that you do has has implications. I mean, the fact that, that you work so hard at trying to pass on the word as well. That mm -hmm. will have great implications when you come back in the next time. Yeah, and that's that's what happened to a lot of people. And that's some of the first things they will see. And then when they get through the tunnel, then maybe, you know, you come there with amnesia too. So you need a little education process. Mm -hmm. to oh, yeah. Back. <laughs> but what about the people? Or should I say the um, disembodied entities that is just, they're total atheists. They say, when I die, there is nothing. There ain't nothing. Well, and then they die and they say, holy moly, was I wrong? Now what do I do? Are those the guys that end up being ghosts that don't know what to do and is just floating around and yeah sometimes they're afraid to move on mm -hmm. i mean they'll i mean they die and they don't accept it and to even complicate it a little more for you there's a whole channel of the unknowing dead where people they're on the other side and they don't even know they died because they just simply don't accept it or move on that's a that's how we can speak with the ghosts of soldiers uh, I've yeah. challenged Civil War soldiers that never knew they died. In yeah. the exact same place they were 150 years earlier. Uh, uh, that's a that's a tough yeah. one. How they could be confused like that for hundreds of years because time doesn't work the same way there. Right. There's no time, so there's nothing critical about it. Just if you know you want to stay there for a couple hundred years and hang out with your buddies. <laughs> Go for yeah. it. Well, yeah, another quick story. I I was a Civil War soldier in my prior life. And I fought at Gettysburg. And I could actually go out and speak with the soldiers that I fought with out there that were in my unit. I mean, I would take a, a ghost box out and did, turn it on so that did. you could hear their voices. I took people out. One time I, I, I had three or four people with me. I go up. They showed me the exact spot that I fought with, what my unit was. I was a Confederate captain. And I, they, and I went up to this spot, turned the ghost box on, and I said, guys, do you recognize me? And over the ghost box, everybody hears this, this voice come over, and it goes, yes, sir, captain. And then he goes, you better keep your head down. The damn Yankees are still shooting at us. <laughs> and so I, I'm actually having a, a conversation with the guys that I fought with 100 years earlier in that prior life. <laughs> and I mean, it, it sounds like it's crazy, but that's the way it works. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, why don't you guys move on? And he said, because those damn Yankees won't go. <laughs> so... They're still shooting at each other, just like they were before. Just the bullets don't hurt quite as much, I guess. I don't know. I have seen pictures of uh, people that have been right in that area where you talk about it. Mm -hmm. And you can see in the picture, you can see soldiers walking with a gun on their back. And you can see through them. So yep. there is something there that does not go away it's another it's, a, it's just another dimension yeah it's like a quasi dimension before you move into the heaven dimension now i have a picture that i took on the battlefield and it's an angel picking a soldier up off the battlefield and you can actually see the form of this soldier in the angel's hands and i think this is how they finally say okay dude time for you to move on yeah Take him. Yeah. But no, I actually have that photographed. So it's it's crazy. Yeah. Wow, that, that is really something. 
and uh, the whole thing's pretty is, is really something yeah oh i almost forgot we have some pictures yeah we well, you something. you have some pictures and you sent them to me and uh can i share screen and we'll show show you the pictures and yeah, uh, the, you know the image of his face on there is absolutely amazing yeah. let me uh, share screen and then uh we will uh talk about these pictures of the shroud okay Yeah, we got them all at once there. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. All right. And um, here we go. I'm going to bring up the first one. Okay. Here is three pictures. One on the left is actually an enhanced picture of what is on the shroud. And maybe you could talk about this a little bit. Yeah, what they did is they computerized it. And if you look at the top of his head, you can actually see the traces of the thorns that were put on his head. Yeah. And then they take the computer and they start working on the image. And they come up with what he looked like at time of passing. Uh, the far the the one that's on the, the far side of the screen where he has the brown beard. Yep. And amazingly, if you look real close, you'll see he has blue eyes in this image now how they came up with blue eyes i'm not going to be the one i don't know but i do know that we we did channel and we asked what you know what he looked like and they all tell us he had these amazing blue eyes so when you looked at him it, it was just beyond belief what his eyes looked like yeah but that's that's what the computer says he looks like let me say something about that there is a kind of an appendix or there's a small writing coming out of the uh, the uh, Qumran tablet uh, uh, scrolls, the Qumran scrolls. Uh -huh. And they, uh, there they talk about the Mershihia, what he looked like. And that was that was released or maybe just leaked or stolen from the jews before they all locked it down and they don't see there's about half of what is in the scrolls coming out of qumran that is classified by the israeli government they won't let you see it mm -hmm. why yeah i think i know why <laughs> because it doesn't agree with what they're saying in their religion but what they talk about in that little clip that come from the the uh, scrolls there is that Messiah, Messiah was tall, he was strong. His hair was the color of the ripe field of grass, and his eyes was as the midnight and uh, the midday sky. Mm. They didn't name colors so much yeah, back then. They sure. used the comparisons. So he was blonde and he had blue eyes. Now that could mean that he was an Israelite and not a Jew. There's a big difference between those two concepts. So uh, I'm I'm on I am okay with this you got more pictures here let me uh, go yeah, back pull, pull that second one up yeah here's another one yeah now uh, if you see the the computerized picture with his eyes and everything looking at you on the one side but if yeah. you look at the image that with the wider outfit cloth that he has on that was painted by a cane grammaric when she was eight years old she, wow. had, she had had an image and a experience with Jesus where she actually talked to him. And then she was very, very talented artist. So she paints this image at the age of eight or nine years old of him. And this is what she saw when she talked to him, what he looked like. So when you put the two images together, look at the similarities of them. 
the eyes, yeah, the hair. But it's I, what caught me was the nose, the shape of his nose. Yeah, that's the same. But these two images were were actually generated two thousand years apart. Mm. One of them's taken from the shroud, and the other one is taken from what her memory of what he looked like when she had her interaction with him. Yeah. So the the left one is the shroud. Yeah, that's the shroud image. Yeah. And the other one's the one she painted from memory. Okay, let's uh, go to another picture. Uh, yeah, there is, I think this is, the, is that the same one? Yeah. Yeah, that's a computerized image of the shroud. Okay. All right. Now, here we go to the shroud. Yeah, that's the shroud itself. Now, this is the portion of the cloth that covered the front of his body. <laughs> If you look at the center of it, you'll see his hands are crossed and look at his wrist and you'll see the blood mark. Yeah, yeah. Right, right in there. Right that's, there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's blood. And you, you can see that uh, there's something on top of his head that was still the thorns that were there. Mm -hmm. And you can see a mark on his chest. It's a little hard, but it's that at the top of his body, but see the blood splotch? Yeah. I mean here? Yeah, right in there. That's okay. where they would have stuck the sword or the uh, spear to make sure that he was dead yeah. under his rib cage. But uh, that's, that, that is the front of the shroud. Okay. Yeah. And these four markings here are just the folding spots probably or what do yeah. you i think that's um it looks like there was some blood in those spots as well yeah but yeah i think that's just where they folded the cloth and kept, mm -hmm. and kept through the years okay let me go back one more time there is another picture here and that is uh, also the shroud yeah, right that is it in its entirety you can see on the left side where it covered, well, it covered his back and you can, you can see that there's blood, um, there's blood marks almost over his, his whole back where they beat him. And then they would have folded it over his head. And then you see the image of his front, but mm -hmm. that's what, that's what the, the shroud looks like in its entirety. Okay. Uh, follow me a little bit here. I'm going to put the cursor on his head. This right. is the head. Right. Here's the shoulders coming out. And here's his arms Correct. going towards the middle yep. of the, the middle left of the picture. Uh -huh. And then you have his legs going down further. And yep. I'm sorry, folks, if you are listening to this where you have no video image. Uh, you need to go to YouTube and have a look at it because there's very well explained what the pictures look like. Yes. And then the other side is that that's him. That's his back. Yeah. There's all the blood that marks from the beating that he took where they whipped him. Yeah. And, and uh, that the legs going out on the right side are yeah. going off the cloth to look like, but it, it, yeah, but it, it, it if you look right at the edge where that little appears to be lighter, you'll see those are two blood marks where they put the nails yeah. through his ankles there. Correct. Yeah. And here's the legs and then the body gets wider and he's got the head hair again. Yeah. See, this head on the left was folded over so it shows up here on the right also mm -hmm. yep, yep. That, that, yeah that little that little yeah. op open spot in the middle is just at the very top of the head yes correct wow okay then there is uh one picture yeah that's a little girl that painted the image of him from memory yeah that's how old she was when she painted that thing yeah I'm puzzled. Here, the hairdo is different. He didn't have long hair. Well, he would appear any way he wanted to at that point. He's in a, 
Yeah. Generally, people say that when when you're in heaven and you appear to another spirit in heaven, you're generally as you would be at like the mid thirties of age for your appearance. Yeah. I mean, people see their grandfather and they don't recognize him because he's young. So it's, no, there's no fixed image, but what you got to focus on is the similarity of the face. That's where the eyes, I mean, even how she paints the eyes, how yeah. intense they are and the comparison. Well, she's a good painter. She's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, just, now. just the fact that uh, he changed his image from what he looked like, uh, let's say, at the age of 32, 34, whatever. Yeah. I'm okay with that, too, because I have my mom ever so often visit me uh usually on my birthday which comes up in a few days and she looks like she is in her 45 to 50. Uh -huh. that's when she uh, was most in her power i think so that's she didn't look 90 as she was when she died she yeah. looks like she's <laughs> about 45 50 mm -hmm. as i remember Yep, that's when you when you see them, they all are, they all look much younger and in their prime. Yeah. <clears throat> that's incredible. Pretty much. Yeah. God, God knew what he was doing. There's no doubt about that. But imagine that he leaves this evidence. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take over 2000 years before humans are able to comprehend what he's left behind for them. Yeah, and uh, while you had uh, Joshua on the phone there, I forgot to ask him something, but maybe <laughs> there's another. Um, because in the Bible, in John's, it says, ye are gods. And in Psalms 70-something, it says, the kingdom of heaven is within you, not above you. It says within you. Mm -hmm. It's all around you. And in yeah. And we are part of this concept called God. That doesn't mean that we are the ultimate, but we are part of it. Yes, that's what when he talks about that we all have this spark of energy within us of God. Yeah that's exactly what you're talking about just different ways of phrasing it in fact there's a book it's called the jesus papers that's the title of the book uh you can find it on amazon i have it on the shelf in there there was a guy in in jerusalem he was he was digging a basement underneath his house and he came on to this wooden chest in there there was several scrolls one of them was a paper written by joshua ben Hlachme, jesus mm -hmm. in his defense against the court where pontius pilatus which is the roman name for him they were prosecuting him they were not even prosecuting they were just charging and then deciding so in there he says clearly i am only a man with the with the spirit of god within me yes he was he was, he, he was god incarnate yes so the spirit of god was within him yeah, so that, that's an interesting book for you guys to another confirmation that yes, he was real. Oh yeah. No, there, there's a. I mean, there, to me, I it, it utterly amazes me that anybody cannot believe. I mean, maybe I'm a little biased here, but. Well, you're probably a little biased because you talked to him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs>
and and anybody that's listening when you feel his energy it's yeah. amazing truly amazing then i would suggest go to youtube put barry strom in the search bar bring up some of it and sit through a few of them and feel the energy coming through i've done that and it gives you kind of an incredible feeling when you are done mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like it did for me when you now channeled your ashua when he was talking to me mm -hmm. oh he was talking to you yeah so uh <laughs> Well, I, I guess I should say something about that, but I'm losing words. <laughs> now, people don't understand what it's truly like when you, yeah, when when you believe a hundred percent, not ninety nine point nine, but when you hundred percent believe and those energies come to you, yeah, it's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And then we have people saying that, yeah, sure, channeling that's bull perky well there is a even a religious comparison to speaking in tongues mm -hmm. that cannot be denied that happens it's on recordings hundreds of recordings of those things and it happens <laughs> when i when i did it we did a show with uh with gandhi Oh, and he had me do all of his answers with an Indian accent. Oh, and I can't do accents. When we did Billy the Kid, I did it with a Western accent for him. And it's no, they they're come. Those are their words. I mean, they completely take it over quite often. Mm -hmm. I don't remember. Like right now, I couldn't tell you what he said to you. Yeah, because I'm I'm just simply speaking and I'm not and I'm not remembering. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Ashwa's main language uh, was Aramaic. Yes. Yes. So uh, that's kind of an abolished language. They don't use it anymore, but uh, it is very, it is said to be very colorful, full of uh, colorful words and expressions of things in nature hmm. well that would make sense yeah so well, gosh we're coming down towards the end of the show here but i've really enjoyed doing this with you this was great yeah you got quite a message here from uh yeah yeah this this was good and uh i like to do something like this again with you sometime and uh Whatever. You pick a date. Yeah, we'll do that. So, um, uh, any last words uh, from you? What is your next uh, big thing that is coming up? Anything that you want to talk about? Well, just everything winds up on our YouTube channel. So, I'm trying to just keep things simple. We're probably going to do another YouTube. We're we're going to work on a YouTube live show. And we're going to call it hello heaven oh and it's going to be just telling you all about heaven and we're going to take recorded phone calls on it visual calls mm -hmm. and just have people call in ask questions and we'll channel the answers for them we'll see how it works if anybody's interested in it then we'll keep doing it yeah yeah that sounds good so that's so our next project yeah, so um, go to YouTube, put Barry Strom in the search bar, and listen to some of the recordings. If you're having a bad day, it can help. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's, uh, especially with all the crap going on around the world today, sometimes you just got to listen and yeah. let Jesus tell you how to handle it. There you go. Okay, well, thank you very much for being with us. And uh, until next time, okay. we will do this again. Until next time, be good to each other. <laughs>